0: Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Landon Stull, and welcome to episode number five of Stull's Reads. And this episode, I'm going to be giving you three great I Survived books for surviving the coronavirus outbreak. Let's dive into it. <laughs> Uh, so before I start, a uh, quick disclaimer, uh, if you're looking for some longer books, maybe check out my previous episode, episode number four, I'll tell you 10 different great books, uh, a great one from that episode is uh, Breakout. Uh, That's a really fantastic longer book. Uh, These three books are not going to be long. Uh, I don't think any of them pass 200 pages. So, if you're looking for a uh, longer book, check out my previous episode. Uh, If you don't want to go anywhere and just want a book delivered to you, there's an Amazon list, which uh, that should be the very first book on it. Uh, Now, enough talking. Let's get to it. So the first book that I'm going to be talking about today is probably my favorite. Uh, I am putting these in order with uh, the first one being my favorite and the last one being my least favorite. Uh, Don't get me wrong, I really liked all these books. But uh, the first one is I Survived the Great Molasses Flood in 1919. And that's kind of a fun number to say, two 19s. Uh, I like this book the best, not because it was really much different than the others, except it was a different story, but because I knew almost nothing about The Great Molasses Flood. I didn't see how a syrupy-like substance that tastes pretty darn good could flood a whole city and hurt a bunch of people. So I thought it was really fascinating to read this book to find out more about that. So this book is about a girl named Carmen who moved to America from Italy with her papa. Uh, They left after her mother died in an earthquake. However, it wasn't the earthquake that killed her. A massive earthquake wrecked through Italy, but uh, the tsunamis that it triggered afterwards were what really brought all the devastation. Uh, She lost her mother to those tsunamis. Uh, Her and her father only survived because they found a piece of debris and were able to float on it. Uh, She held on to her father's back for dear life, and they made it through. Uh, So then they decided to uh, leave her grandmother there Well, they didn't want to, but they had decided to move to America and start a new, better life, but her grandmother would not leave. She wanted to, uh, she said that someone from their bloodline needed to stay and protect the village. So, uh, honestly, she misses Italy. Uh, Her village was beautiful, and she loved being there, and now she's moved to big, smelly, crowded America. It was supposed to be the land of the free and home of the brave, but also the land of opportunity. All she thought it was was a land of some big smells. Uh, when she showed up, she thought it would basically be a land made out of gold and riches and where anyone can get rich quick. Uh, really, she just thought it was a big smelly wasteland almost. But, uh, one thing that she really didn't like was this massive, poorly built molasses tank that had been looming right over her town. Uh, the company did not build it properly, so it was always leaking molasses which many kids really enjoyed. They'd go and take up sticks, make big lollipop suckers out of it. Why pay several cents for one at the store when you could just go and get some for free by trespassing onto the tower's property? Whenever kids got caught there, they always got yelled at and they ran off. Nothing really severe ever happened. However, this tank would end up causing a lot more damage than the good free candy it created. One day, the tank, the already poorly built tank started rumbling really bad. And it kept on rumbling worse and worse. So much that Carmen even began to think that there was a big monster. Her and her friend negotiated on whether or not it was a shark that in, slipped in through the pipes that are used to fill it up. Or if a person had gotten trapped inside of it and was trying to get out. Really? Whatever it was, was about to wreak havoc. Well, when the two were getting some molasses, after finding a lost horse, the tank blows up, sending scraps of metal flying everywhere, one even hitting Carmen in the back of the neck like a bullet. They're riding the horse away as fast as they can, but the molasses was faster. If you want to find out if they can make it alive, make it out alive, and if her, her papa, who she has no clue where he is, will be okay, then you should definitely read this book. And I must mention, the Great Molasses Flood was not the only issue plaguing this town now. A deadly flu had also hit them. So paired with this and the Molasses Flood, casualties were rising fast. This story is about uh, Barry, he's the main character, and his friend Jay. Uh, they start out, uh, there is a creative superhero contest with a massive prize of $250 and a custom comic books Start their superhero, all created by Acclaim Comics. And Barry and Jay were s- sure to win. They both loved comic books. They So, of course, they designed a superhero. Uh, they'd come up with everything. Uh, his name, costume, secret star, uh, which uh, gave him all of his amazing powers. His name. Akivo. Uh, although they'd worked together to come up with the design, it was Barry's job to draw him. And it had took him several nights staying up till midnight. And when they unrolled it and looked at it, it was mind-boggling. A truly impressive drawing, they both agreed, and they were sure that it was going to win the competition. However, when they were goggling at it, the neighborhood bully came up with his new dog, Cyrus. He claimed that Cyrus was from the Chinese army and was trained to bite someone's head in half. Um, He had just uh, moved in with his grandma, and they had no clue how he got the money to buy this dog. But the dog still frightened them, nevertheless. He reached down, said, Go get him, Cruz, and let go of the collar. Not really, just pretended to. The boys freaked out until they realized it was just a prank. He had been driving them crazy. Before he lived with his grandma, he was a great kid. But now that he's more on his own, he started hanging out with the people whose motorcycles kept everyone up at night. Kind of, he was choosing the wrong group of friends. However, until the hurricane hit, winning the Build a Superhero contest, and Abe, the bully, and his vicious dog, Cruz, were the worst of the two's problems. However, that was until the hurricane. Uh, when Hurricane Katrina was first coming, it really didn't look like it was going to be the storm that the weather people were saying that it was going to be. In fact, many people were thinking that it really wasn't going to be a big deal and were refusing to evacuate or head to the Superdome where they were providing free food and shelter. However, it ended up seeming like a pretty bad idea because if with the If the AC went out, it was going to be like an oven, and with all the people that would be swarming there, there wasn't going to be free food and drink for very long. So, uh, Barry's family decided that it would be best to evacuate before Hurricane Katrina hits their home in the Lower Ninth Ward of New Orleans. However, in the car ride, Barry's little sister gets extremely sick. Starts crying and will not stop coughing the whole thing. And then Barry feels a warm soup poured over him in the hot car. Uh, They're all jammed up on the interstate and had to turn off their engine so that their car will not overheat. However, it appears that they're overheating. The warm soup, it turns out, was not soup. Although he's hungry and probably wishes it was, it was his sister's vomit. So they decided that they need to turn around and sadly go home to the storm. In their house, the power cuts. All sorts of other things. It's scary. It's really scary. They have to use candles to get around. To make matters worse, the levee that is supposed to keep the town safe breaks. And a massive wall of water crushes the town. Water rushes into Barry's family's house, and he is forced upstairs. However, the water is coming up, and they head for the attic. Barry's little sister is panicking. She's never been in the attic before. Barry tells her that maybe Akiva will be up there, and he'll be able to save them. He's not. They're stuck, and the water's coming up the attic. They know that if they don't get out soon, they'll be done for. However, Barry's grandpa just passed. His dad said, I know who can help us. Grandpa can. Although, they don't believe that i will actually be able to come and help them. The dad then says, Grandpa always predicted that there'd be another massive storm of the century, so he left this up here and pulled out an axe. Barry then realized what his dad was going to do, just as his dad begins smashing a hole big enough for them to get out in the ceiling of the attic. They then climb out off the roof. But Barry falls off into the flowing... Toxic water filled with water snakes below. Barry then finds a lonesome tree, grabs on, and holds as tight as he can. He figures that he'll be able to stay there until the storm ends. All he's worried about is his parents. However, his plan gets foiled when an entire house, ripped out of its foundations, comes plummeting towards the tree in the water. If you want to find out if Barry can survive the Hurricane Katrina in 2005, then you should definitely read this awesome book. Alright, so the last book that I'm going to be talking about, I mentioned that it's about a fire, and it's I Survived the Great Chicago Fire in 1871. So, don't get me wrong, uh, this isn't a bad book or anything, just because it's at the end of the list. It actually wasn't nominated, but won the Iowa Children's Choice Awards, which is quite a big deal. But, uh, this is still a really good book, nevertheless, I just knew more about this topic already, so that's why I didn't enjoy reading it quite as much. But, did you know that it was actually, uh, believed that a cow started this massive fire? A cow. So, this is a book about a boy named Oscar. And, he lives with his mother. Sadly, his father had died. And... He really did not want to move to Chicago, but a painter was coming to paint uh, p- paint a uh, rural scenes in Oscar's hometown, uh, on the farm that his father had had owned. Now, there wasn't as much farm work being done, but he still came and painted those photos with his mother's permission. And his mother and the painter started talking. And it was the first time that his mother had ever been happy after his father's death. And although Oscar really despised this man, the two got married. And Oscar was forced to move to Chicago. His most prized possession he definitely brought with him. It was his father's old sheriff's badge. His father had gotten shot when chasing down the most ruthless outlaw of the time. However, survived when the bullet bounced off his badge. He now considered the badge to be extremely good luck. However, as soon as he's coming out of the train station, very, with an extremely upset stomach from the bumpy train ride, a little girl asks him if she can please help him. She lost her mommy and daddy, as she says. So he looks away for a moment, looks back, his suitcase is stolen. Turns back, the girl is gone. He is devastated. He's lost his most prized possession. Then when uh, his mother and his new dad, or stepdad I should say, well I don't know if that'd be a stepdad, but his new father come back, he has to tell them that. He instantly is told about how you can't trust even the most innocent-looking people in this new big city. So everything's looking great until his par him and his mom, I should say, are beginning to go into a, restu- a very fancy restaurant to have dinner. He sees the little girl that stole his suitcase. He decides... Two, he figures that if his dad could chase after an outlaw, why couldn't he chase after a little street thug? So he follows her. All he cares about is getting his father's badge back. However, when he runs into her, she can't be more than seven to ten. He sees her, picks up a little baby who can barely talk. He then realizes that they're on their own and only are stealing because they have to. And he doesn't see any suitcases or anything anywhere. He doesn't want to be caught spying and eavesdropping, so he hides out back. That's when the fire starts. It takes out the whole building. And he hides in what was probably a little dog house in the back. However, he hears screams of help coming from inside the house. He figures it must be the little thief. So, he runs in. He doesn't know why, but he just does and saves her. However, he has no clue where his mother is. Will he be able to find her and the painter and get out of this fire alive? To find out, you should read this book, I Survived the Great Chicago Fire in 1871. So in summary, these are three decent yet uh, quick reads. Uh, So I hope you'll pick up at least one of them if you want to really a uh, fast book that could pay me teach you something about history through this amazing historical fiction model that Lauren Tarshis does really well. Uh, also, if you haven't checked out my blog at on my website, I'll leave a link to that in the description. Also, if you'd like to have one or more of these books uh, delivered right to your door, I'll have an Amazon a link to an Amazon list also in the description. Um... Also, if you have any questions, any books that you'd like me to read, um, send me an email at stolesreads at gmail.com. Uh, you can leave a comment in the comment section on my website. Or, best of all, you can leave a voice message, and I will put it into the next podcast episode and uh, give you an answer. Also, a shout-out for sending a voice message. Uh, you can send those by going to anchor.fm backslash podcast and hit send message. Uh, Definitely do that. It'll earn you a great shout out and your question will be answered uh, very quickly. Those always get priority. Uh, Thank you again for watching, everyone. Remember, wash those hands. Have a great day.